Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of Not Another Freaking Podcast. I'm your host, Will Diamonds. I'm JD and I just got interject. <laughs> and I'm Jake and I don't know what you heard, but I'm the biggest bird. Absolutely not. Fuck you, Jericho. Well, speaking everyone... of fuck you, uh, let's start off hot um, this week because JD has some things to say to a few local indie promotions. Um, I won't say any names. I'm just going to give general locations. So there's this one located in an old that needs to have their promoter quit being a dick writer for himself. Anyway, bruh, your whole show can't be about you. You have much better talent on that show. Not much, but you have much better talent than you. <coughs> when we say second, not by much, that's not like a praise on you, though. No, no. Secondly, let's go to this one that's somewhere. In the if you're going to wrestle on this card, you have to... um not get on social media an hour later and praise everyone you just worked with. Kayfabe, motherfuckers. Kayfabe. Fans see this shit. I know we're in a reality wrestling era. Who gives a fuck? If you have fans on your fucking Facebook page, do not start praising the other wrestlers on the card when you're supposed to hate them while you're there. Fuck that shit. It's dumb. Thirdly, to this place, you have stronger workers than the ones you're pushing. Y'all need to get your shit together. Get your main event right. I'm tired of seeing wrestling promotions make dumb decisions. <laughs> I'm not saying everything you do is dumb because there is some great shit coming out of all three places. But you need to tighten the fucking spokes if you want to be better than great. All right. Also, I'll step a up a big gripe up. that I've been noticing a lot with indies is... Why the fuck has no one been booking Cody Fluffman on every single show possible? <laughs> uh, I guess the same reason mention, AEW what's stopped. The, what's the deal with fucking airplane food? <laughs> You're flying the wrong airlines. <laughs> so, um. I don't have a good segue, but speaking of people get punched in the face, what about Jack Perry ripping up his AEW contract? Jungle man, he's so strong. That's real paper. Cry me a river. <laughs> I. It's a work, boys and girls. Think well, obviously it's a fucking work, but yeah, but people are acting like I it think that this is. Certainly something. Honestly, why not do this shit and basically send him on a little mini excursion? Because there's nothing you can do with him in AEW to slot him back in right now. I mean, is there anything y'all can think of? He doesn't make sense anywhere right now. Exactly. So, fuck it. Throw him at Shota Umino. I think seeing him establish himself elsewhere might help him in AEW. I would just like to see Tamahiro Ishii just eat him. (laughs) That'd be fun. Yeah, it would. It would be fun for me because Ishii would just fucking eat him. (laughs) You think this will help get rid of the the look that he's a Nepo baby or he's still a a bubble blowing bitch baby? Fuck him. I mean, 
I have no doubt that he'll have a banger with Umino, but I don't think it's going to do anything for his detractors because they don't watch New Japan. WWE fans do not watch New Japan, let alone New Japan Strong. He's still a bubble-blowing bitch, baby, so fuck him. I'm just campaigning for, like, like I said, like Ishii or, I don't know, Tanaka or somebody. Somebody just fucking Tanaka? Yeah. Minoru Tanaka? Sure. He? He's over in uh, All Japan. He just dropped the Gaora TV belt to Black Mensuro. I meant... I I know all those words you just said. I meant Suzuki. I didn't mean Tanaka. I don't know why I said that. I love to see Minoru just fucking kill him. Jungle Man? Yeah, that would yeah. be neat. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Minoru hates fucking young boys, and he's he's a fucking young boy. Kill him. I think I want to see Jungle Man and Hiromu. Biblically accurate Hiromu. But I can't. I already forgot who. Someone just challenged him at that show. Challenged Jungle Man or no? No, challenged Hiromu. He needs his rematch from that guy at DDT that you made me watch. That was, yeah, he does. That was a great fucking match. Kazuki Hirata versus Hiromu Takahashi is the 2023 match of the year. You got to send it to JD because he looks very confused. They do the spin the wheel. Usually confused. They do the spin the wheel gimmick, but every, what was it, like 45 seconds to a minute, they spun it and it was a new stipulation for the match. Uh, It was probably a little bit longer than that. At one point, they couldn't do any offense unless they did it to the beat of the music that was playing. That's dope. It was, dude. It was so good. I will watch this. so sick. Send that to me. (laughs) Yeah, send it to him. Well, it was so good. I have no way to send it to you. It's on Wrestle Universe. No, well, then I'll never watch it. Well, we can screen share it or something and get it to JD somehow. You have to see this. (laughs) And this is coming from me that hates everything. It's the funniest fucking match. Ever, I've been saying for a while now that Kazuki Harada is streets ahead of most everyone in wrestling. Like spoilers, at one point the fucking IWGP title wins the fucking DDT title. I've heard about this part. Yeah, that's the that's the sort of the finish, but <laughs> also like it's not, but it's. That's after the finish. Yeah. It's so good. So good. So, um, let's start off with Will's video game review today. I have a video game review because I play a I played a video game. It was game. There was videos. Marvel's Midnight Suns. It's a blast. You have cards. You have superheroes. You have superhero cards. Cards? Yes. So, made by the developers of the delightful cozy game series, XCOM. It follows a a very similar, but not quite the same combat formula. Like, it's not the grid system of games like XCOM or... Mario and Rabbids. But it's just kind of in an open little bowl. Your where you're standing doesn't 
really matter too much other than certain like knockback moves but you'll start each turn with three cards and certain cards cost heroism points others give you points and so it's kind of just all about how you build your deck and play your cards right because if you have the right shit i had built my dick very strong my blade it's so good so strong blade <laughs> is my motherfucking tank character in that although deadpool's that blade also has a big solid. Dick. yeah gigantic <laughs> even in the face of all those heroin points plus yeah, it's also it kind face. of refreshing getting a marvel game that isn't just a typical like the world is at stake because Doctor Doom or Galactus. Instead, it's Hydra was dicking around with some magic and reawoke Lilith. And so now Lilith has possessed all of Hydra and is trying to destroy the world and also possess like certain supervillains to be little mini bosses. So you get like a weird goblin-y looking Venom and Sabretooth and other characters that I can't say because that would be a spoiler. See, I just wish that they would do a fucking sequel to Ultimate Alliance 2 already. They did. No, let, no, not that one. <laughs> a good one. What, what do you mean? I've heard nothing but praise about the Switch one. I haven't. I've heard nothing but bad things about it, honestly. The second one was so good. Not as the only good Marvel games I've really played is Spider-Man. I don't yeah. know. You, no, you're missing out on some Ultimate Alliance. That is a quality co-op brawler. They don't make games like that anymore, though. I feel like yeah. that genre is kind of dead now. Yeah, it's like it's almost a top-down like beat 'em up RPG slightly because you get to like make your own team and level up your team as you go. And then it that's cool. Like the main crux of the story is the split when the superhero registration act happens, and you have to pick a side. And certain characters are not available depending on what side you pick. Yeah, that sec. I don't know. Two's all right, but one, it doesn't have the split. It's more a focused story of Doctor Doom has assembled basically all the villains. Yeah, and, and the you part just, about the first one is no matter who you have on your team, the cutscenes are always the same. So like, none of your people are in the cutscenes, and it's like, well, I just played through this with the Fantastic Four, motherfucker. Where, where, where are they? No one wants so, to see the Fantastic Four. I was giving an example. I, I, yeah, Midnight Sun's good, good shit, good old shit. It's I'm not sure if I would recommend it full price, but if it goes on sale, I scooped up that and DLC for forty, and I think that's a fair price content worth. I feel like I've got my pennies worth out of it so far, and I'm somewhere between a quarter and halfway through it. I think. I just got Wolverine in my party. Probably would be further if you weren't losing in Fortnite with me. Yeah, probably. When are we going to play Lethal Company together? <laughs> I don't know. When are you going to get Lethal Company? I, everyone needs to get it so we can all play it. Have you heard about that, JD? Bruh, I have no time to play a new game. <sighs> Boo on you. But it's actually one that we can have the group together that I'll actually play because I'm not 12. I'm not 12 and I enjoy Fortnite. Mm. No, Fortnite's a good-ass shooter. It is. It's probably one of the better shooters out there. Well, I don't play shooters either. 
No, JD, you got to get on the Lethal Company hype train. It's so fucking fun. It's so good. We'll see. You said it's it's on Steam, though, right? It's not. Yeah, it's it's on Steam. Then I'm definitely not doing it. Why? I don't. I'm not. I'm a console gamer. I don't play on PC. Plug in your fucking controller, you troglodyte. You could run it on a TI-88, man. It's like doing Yeah, it's super low to run me. Run on a TI-88. <laughs> yeah. You could run it on a TI-88, dude. It's like Doom. Still have one of those. And I don't know, like, just you Will, like, put, like, I've watched some people on YouTube play it, and then Will was really putting it over to me, because Will plays it with a couple of our friends, and he was like, you guys got to get in on this. And I was like, I, I would love so to. It's so fucking funny. It's a super simple and easy to learn gameplay loop of you go to moons land on the moons find the little labyrinth go inside and look around the randomly generated area find the loot and avoid monsters but all the monsters no no. and so you have three days aka three moon trips to get quota mm-hmm. otherwise you get jettisoned out of your ship aka fired mm-hmm. and all the all the audio like between all the characters is like proximity based so if you're too far away you have to use your walkie talkies and shit which will also make things great because will's told <laughs> like you'll just hear people talking and then it'll cut and you're like well they're dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's or a lot be in the of that of talking and just scream. And you're like, uh-oh. The, the proximity chat is really fucking good because it's good at adding like just little bit of layers to like make it kind of echo. If you're inside, it'll like dim it if you're far away. So you can kind of use that to actually find people if you get separated. Mm-hmm. Because you will get lost in a lot of the places because the maps are all procedurally generated. Yeah, so it gets a little nonsense, but it's so delightful. Then so, we want to so see whose theories on who would play what roles on the team on on our podcast because we were sitting there like, no, 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 no. Shane would be Jenny would be Leroy Jenkins. That is my role. One of us said that, didn't we? In every game, that is my role. JD would be the one that just ran in blind and would end up being the first one dead. See, you say that until you feel the fear. <laughs> I have no fear. He is the horror game guy, so. Zero fear here. I feel like Shane would be the one barking all the orders. See, and that's the thing is like, it's not even really orders that you can give. It's just everyone looks around and then someone finds a monster and then bad things happen. We gotta get All right. That. We will I will consider it. Oh shit, a new challenger approaches. Do, 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 do. Hello, fellas. <laughs> uh, my name I am the promoter of Clash of Carpet City, Tyler T. Y. Sutton, and I'm celebrating my 38th birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank happy you, birthday, Tyler. I really appreciate it. Will, do you want to say happy birthday to me? I already told you oh. happy birthday. Awesome, really good. I told you happy birthday before any of these nerds, probably. Did you? Because I've sent a message at like 3 this morning into the group. 1.30 a.m., bitches. He he did beat you to it. Okay. But 
I'm only going to give you guys a couple of minutes because it is my birthday. I'm with Jennifer, and I'm at this place called the Unknown Caller here in downtown Chattanooga. So I happen to play. Oh, that's a fun place. It's, it's, a, it's a really good place. Um, so just a couple of minutes of your time, fellas. Um, I want to say thank you for uh, telling me happy birthday. Thank you for this podcast, and thank you for Spaceball. I want to take off on a really good time, and, um, and uh, J.D., Jake, and I, I guess Will, and Shane's not here, so I can't tell him this in person. He's being responsible. I love every, each and every one of you guys. Um, Jake drinking a PBR. I see that. Good job. Thank you, buddy. And um, I'm going to take off, but uh, love every, each and every one of you, and uh, everybody have a good time, and uh, be sure to go to the Clash of Carpet City April 13th. If you don't, you're a fuckhead. Have a good day, everybody. I love enjoy, each Enjoy the Joe Coy show, bud. Oh, I will. Oh, I will. God, fuck that guy. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> what if he listens back to these after we record them? We'll find out. Because <laughs> I know I I do sometimes. I I do, I'm but I have, yeah. I have to. I'm just a mark for us. And it's like a free listen every so often from me. So, <laughs> I help on numbers. So Jake, are we hot tagging in, or are you, are you staying in with us? Or are you going you jumping out? I know fuck all about what we're about to talk about next. This more a resident experts. <laughs> all right, then we got the hot tag. Got the hot um, tag. We're gonna revisit the cast of us uh, for this segment um, after the announcement of a couple castings. Yep. Did anybody see the castings I'm talking about? I did. <laughs> I did not. Okay, Caitlin Dever has been cast as Abby. And Dina has also been cast. And I don't remember who this was because I've never heard of her before. Uh, Isabel, Isabella Merced has been cast as Dina. Yeah, I've not seen her in anything. Yeah, I have not either. Um, now, Caitlin Dever, though, is, a, is interesting being cast as Abby. Caitlin Dever's auditioned for Ellie twice. Once when they were uh, developing as a movie with Sam Raimi as a director. And this time she uh, auditioned when, when Bella Ramsey got the part. Uh, I think that's probably the most interesting casting I've seen in a long time. As far as like something I want to watch goes. Yeah. I'm kind of um, wondering if they're going to do like. Because Devers or Caitlin Devers, she looks really young. I wonder if they're going to do like younger um, she does look she does look really young um I, i've always been a big fan of caitlin dever she was in the show justified i used to watch and she killed it in that show um i'm really excited to see what she does with this part but i'm also wondering if they're gonna they're gonna have her bulk up for the part like they did i'm wondering that not. too and and i've heard a lot of people and say like we, we do want muscle mommy <laughs> like i i want to i want i i would at least like her to have the approach of that. Maybe she doesn't need to be as jacked as Abby. Yeah, she doesn't have to, but I'd like to see her have some some muscle on Somewhere her. in that range, yeah. Because it would make sense. Especially if she's a soldier. And I think the weirdest thing, though, is that like she's about just an inch taller than Bella Ramsey. So she's not going to tower over Ellie like Abby did in the game. Yeah. And I wonder how much that will add or take away from what we're seeing you, on screen. I'm sure they'll find a good way to work with it. 
do you think they're trying to like kind of like you know how the bad the reaction was to Abby and like when the game was out and there was just like a lot of people that were just really hateful and awful transphobic and, yeah all that do you think they're trying to position that a little bit hey welcome oh, to the we Super got another Smart show uh-oh i'm your host richard jenkins with me as always is the not another freaking wrestling that's the key part of this podcast how are you guys we're, we're doing not another that? we're not another freaking podcast now we dropped the wrestling oh that's a bad idea that's all y'all had done for you. <laughs> well, really? Uh, I mean, sure. No, definitely people want to hear y'all's opinions on whatever it is you're talking about. What is it now? Israel Israel and Hamas. Oh, yeah, that's definitely where y'all should put your two cents. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Everyone's clamoring. Hey, what's a bunch of hillbilly wrestlers thinking about Israel and Hamas? Exactly. You gotta get Let's your get opinion out there. Let's get the pulse of the of the people going right now. I mean, I figure they want to hear me more than a weird ass Ben Shapiro. What's Jaw Rule think about this? <laughs> I wonder Jaw, if he signed I, any of those petitions. Ah. Jaw Rule recently did a TED talk, and honestly, his thoughts on Hamas and Israel were pretty nuanced. Uh, it was really surprising. Hmm. Okay. Only so he backed that ass up. <laughs> only got you up three times. Bruh. So, um, we were talking about The Last of Us, Richard Jenkins. Do you have any thoughts on uh, on the latest news? Um, yeah. So, I've been reading a lot of the discourse online, and it seems like, if I'm reading this correctly, women are bad? Is that the thing that we're doing? Like, muscular women are bad? Basically, yes. Uh... Okay. You really that, want to me in here. That's the Twitter discourse for it, at least. That's that's what seems to be the, the hot take going on right now. Uh, personally, I think any man that is scared of a strong woman is because he knows deep down inside he's incredibly weak and fragile and will get his ass beaten when he steps out of line. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's right in the way I think, yeah. yeah but isn't that it. also part of the appeal? Exactly. Typically, was, men that hate strong women do have a humiliation kink. Also, I was gonna say to to quote the prophet, prophet Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop, I like a woman that can kick my ass. Yeah, <laughs> I I like a woman that can kick your ass. Also, <laughs> I know I've got one. Yeah. So um, we just got. Abby cast. It's uh, Caitlin Dever, who had already auditioned for Ellie twice. You have any thoughts on Caitlin Dever there, Richard Jenkins? I have no idea who these kids are. I'm old. <laughs> she on TikTok or something? Like, how'd they get her? I mean, she's yeah. on. So they were doing a really big TikTok audition for the show. And the runners up were her, Hasbula, and that one cat that gets edited into all the other animals and dinosaurs and rocket ships. That and ultimately, ultimately, the cat had to drop out, so they went with Caitlin Devers. Mm, typical. I, I, from what I know of her, she's always people's second choice. Behind cats. <laughs> Behind cats. But I'm, 
I don't know. I have no opinion on it. I still haven't played two. Oh, why don't they just get not, why don't they just get Nick Offerman to play her? Because they're giving him a spin-off show. <laughs> That's fair. You know how many I mean, people were watching the joke? last show with Nick Offerman, so I saw so many headlines the next day about him and a spin-off after he made a joke on the red carpet. A joke. He doesn't joke. Haven't you seen Parks and Rec? He's a very. That's where he joked. No, that's a documentary. So real talk for just a minute. Um, I've been seeing a lot of men online say, "Oh, they finally cast like a a a hot Abby. Like Abby's not. She's not going to be ugly in the show and such." And I really hope she bulks up and makes everyone mad. Like I hope so. And and like there's a part of me that hopes she bulks up real good. I've just never (laughs) understood the whole, like, I need to be attracted to my video game characters. Yeah, or I need to be attracted to every female character in every single media. Like, I I love seeing, like, uh, unconventionally attractive people or people that are not considered conventionally attracted or... Like me. I was going to say, why do you think she's dating me? (laughs) The big thing, my big question for this... For part two, or them adapting part two and all that, is how they're going to lay out the timeline. Because in the game, you got a series of flashbacks with the intervening four years between part one and part two. With the opportunity of television as a medium, I think it might be smarter to just as you get more out of Pedro Pascal, if you do season two as that four years, and then season three is where you adapt part, part two of the story. Mm-hmm. I think you are incorrect linear stories are for pussies so it's not so much that as it is just if they if they kill off joel like they would in the game he's only going to appear in flashbacks throughout season two and three because it's going to be a two season adaptation for part two yeah so like it's going to be two seasons you might as well tell Mm. the story in between so you can get more richness and detail out of it yeah, and that's something we haven't seen with the game. Like, we didn't see that whole gap, and there, there's a lot of unexplored things that the game didn't cover that the show can definitely touch on. So, I mean, the I show think... definitely in the first season touched on, um, what is his name, Bill's character. Yeah. So. I, I think probably what they're going to do is sandwich it. Uh, we're at the beginning. Like, the first episode will probably be... Because um, I, I haven't played last of us too i just i just if i recall correctly uh joel gets pancreatic cancer like at a doctor's office and yeah they inject them with yeah that's exactly how it straight went. into his pancreas <laughs> yeah and then and then he he goes on and he has like a job at a car wash and he's like a, he becomes a chemistry teacher or he was a chemistry teacher and he starts cooking meth for a while if i remember correctly are you um, sure you're not crossing your shows up a little bit there, man? I'm pretty sure I'm not. <laughs> uh, but you'll probably start with, with him, like, about to die, and then go through a whole season of, like, the flashbacks, and at the end of the season, do the cliffhanger for the people uh, who don't that's... know uh, of him about to die, or, like, he gets hit, and like, oh, shit, is he dead? And then leaves people, quote-unquote, wondering for... That is such a good time. idea. You would drop video game sales with that too, just so people can get the story. Yeah, I mean, I I have multiple friends uh, who did not know that Last of Us was a video game. Really? 
Yeah, they they just thought it was an original thing. I, I one of my friends, I was telling her about it, and she's like, "Oh, it's so good." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of sad that you know you know what happens next, you know, because the second video game." She was, "What? It's based on a game?" I was like, "Yeah." And then she was people actually, just not read credits. There, I, I think I, you'd be surprised. Like, there's a lot of people that'll be like, "That's a game? Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think that there's enough of a market for it where they could get all they could use his death as a cliffhanger um for the end of the season uh for people that don't know um and then you know pay it off with the third one i think no, that would be because brilliant. that's that's something that they i don't think they could do a cliffhanger with joel's mm-hmm. death also, I think they're banking on a majority of their fan base being people that played the game too, especially watching the first season. It, I don't it know was- though that that show just won Golden Globes. Like, yeah, I don't know that they their audience is they're just banking on people who played the game at this point. That's fair. That's fair. Um, it's kind of been to another realm of like. I think that was their initial goal was to get the people who played the games, and then yeah. after that it widened pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Um I, I'm really interested in how they do this season. It'll it'll be it'll be really cool to see. And Will you've got to play the fucking game. No you don't. Just you watch okay. people play it on YouTube if you absolutely if you enjoyed the first game you should play the second. Nah, just just watch a YouTube video. Read read Wikipedia. Although it is like twenty four hours of, of torture porn, so maybe not. <laughs> That's okay. I watched the Hostel trilogy. <laughs> Not 24 hours, though. He watched it on a loop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I watched it on all three on loop, and I just had monitors on each side of my head, and I just spun around. So I could see all of them at once. Yeah. And then also, just to add a little extra flavor to it, uh, he'd break it up with uh, a Serbian film every once in a while. I heard the on all the very same monitors, so I could watch it multiple times at the same time. <laughs> I'm Split sorry, screen. I just consume media better than all of you. <laughs> uh, well, I have well, an announcement for everybody. Let's hear it. It's kind of sad news. Uh, I am getting a divorce from Chris Jericho. Did he make you sign an NDA to be able to have this conversation? I I don't even know what those things are. I mean, it's not in my employee handbook that I have to sign anything. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it turns out, uh, one, he's a bit of a piece of shit. And then two, he's a man. Oh, you, you didn't realize that part? No, no, I really, I because like I'm a straight guy. Um, was so it the I long thought, hair? Yeah, it was the it was the long hair and the the pretty singing voice. Oh, um, pretty. Yeah, so I I honestly I was I feel bamboozled for for the last couple of years. So, um, gonna have to 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 say that y'all's ind- industry connections are now gone. So my apologies for that. Dan, we'll never get QT on this show. No, you won't. You won't at all. So. But you live and you learn. Uh, there's another very attractive wrestler that I'm going to start uh, trying to date. Uh, perhaps you've you've heard of her, uh, Edge. 
<laughs> the one so, that Jake refers to as a Pomeranian. Yeah, very pretty. Not as good of a singing voice. Uh, that or I might go for Matt Hardy's wife. She's on the market now. Oh, yeah, I've heard about this. Some people have been talking about that and say, I actually follow her on TikTok and like people are talking like she's wanting to make a wrestling comeback and then maybe it's a work. Well, I've, I've, I support my, my future wives, um, fully, whatever they want to do. Um, we'll just have to see how it all shakes down. So what do you think about, uh, Edge's appearances and appearance in Percy Jackson? I watched the first couple episodes, so I haven't seen him show up yet, but it's a neat little show. I really like it so far. Have you read the books? Yeah, that's the only reason I'm watching this show. Yeah, dude, I love the books. I love the books, and the fucking, uh, the movie was so disappointing, so I'm really glad. Yeah. Also the creator, the creator, the guy that wrote the books is badass. I love him. Yeah. Orton, like, he's awesome. I, I haven't seen Edge in it yet. But if it's anything like his Oscar caliber performance in Money Plane, um, I'm I'm very excited for it. I mean, so it's basically a spinoff of Money Plane. Oh, good. Okay, because I'm not familiar with this Percy Jackson. Was that Kel- was Percy Jackson Kelsey Grammer's character in the movie? Yes, it's his oh, okay. son. Okay, cool. Okay, now I'm 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 all in on this one. I heard right there's now. a little bit of retcon with uh, the Medusa character or with Medusa in the show. Uh, also, have not gotten quite that far. Okay. So I won't tell you anything uh, to per se, but they've changed small minor details to make the story make more sense okay. on television. Um, but it's all worked. Everything they've done so far has worked, but they've changed. I, I've enjoyed it. I'm glad to see that. I'm caught up to right now. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, you're good. I've read all three series he's done. I do mean person. to cut you off, though. <laughs> well, I was going to say, have you ever read the letter that Rick Riordan wrote when that movie got made? And he was like, please yes. don't, please don't oh, yeah. proceed with this movie. It's awful. <laughs> well, like, my thing was, I happened to see the movie way before i heard of the books like i saw the movie well well not way before i saw the movie and i was like oh that was that wasn't a half bad movie and then i saw it based on the book and i was like i should read those books and i read the books and it was like what the fuck did they do yeah the books and are so good the movie's I, terrible now that i've read the books i have been to one of the filming locations from the second percy jackson movie which one i think it's the, the second. monsters yeah, maybe that one. I mean, I never watched the movie, but uh, it was filmed at the abandoned New Orleans uh, Six Flags. Oh, that's cool. Oh, the old New Orleans? What? You said <laughs> the abandoned New Orleans. New Orleans Six Flags. Oh. Yeah. So, which also was the filming for some shitty direct-to-video Nicolas Cage movie. Less exciting. Oh, and Jurassic there's World nothing, was also filmed. No such thing as That's a shitty Nick Cage. That's even less movie. exciting. There, there is no such best. thing as a shitty Nick Cage movie. I, I, will, I will die on that hill. I agree with you. Like, Wild at Heart, favorite. Nick Cage. Is, Spirit of Vengeance. Nope. It had Nick Cage. It was great. Uh, Con Air is easily his magnum opus. Well, I'm, no, I'm telling you, Wild at Heart. I feel like you pronounced The Rock wrong. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Wayne gotta do with this? No, the movie The Rock. <laughs> I, I hate you, Jake. 
So I did start. I did check out a new game, um, Marvel um, Eternal Sons. I think that's the name of it. I hate you. Y'all like just real space. Games? That's what this game is. <laughs> I'm still Don't on my wall. I'm playing Grand Theft Auto 4. Are y'all? Yeah, that, was, that was his Christmas present. My friend sent him a gift card and he got Grand Theft Auto 4. So Bentley, how was uh, this this Marvel game? Uh, uh, sorry. I, Richard, how was this Marvel game? I personally I like strategy games. Um, I think it's made by the same guys that did XCOM. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Is it not? It, it plays a lot like XCOM. I'm just closing my eyes right now. <laughs> it's like a bottle that look of hate at being there. It's like XCOM and, and Hearthstone had a baby. What? What? <laughs> Mario RPG is fun. I've, oh, I fucking love it. Mario RPG. I never played it. Oh, the I remake play- is really pretty. Or or the... Team Mallow. Would you call it a remake or a remaster? Because they went through and like did like little cutscenes and redid all the little cutscenes for it. So I would say more of a remaster than yeah. anything else. Like an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm... I am deep into that right now. So I I played that originally. That was I think that was the first RPG that I ever played, like turn-based RPG that I played. Probably me too, because um I remember when the I was a little in the movie house I uh, used to go to and rent things from went out of business. I bought Mario RPG for like a dollar from them. Oh man. Now my my grandmother, I used to go to my grandmother's house after school and she bought a Super Nintendo and I don't know how she did it because, like, the internet really wasn't a thing at the time. But she always picked, like, great games. And not, like, it wasn't like she just bought me, like, Donkey Kong Country and Mario games, which were always great. But, like, she I also bought like, me. Yes. Well, your grandma <laughs> did better than my dad because I remember I got a Super Nintendo. My dad went and rented me a bunch of games. And he, like, actually got the wrong system. He got, like, the original <laughs> NES games, and he brought them home, and I cried because they wouldn't work on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Damn, that's no, tough. My my grandmother bought a Secret of Evermore. Like, y'all, do y'all remember this game? No. So, it's, it's very similar. It, it's very similar to Secret of Mana in its play style. Um, so, it's, it's an action RPG, not turn-based. But it's very, like, 50s sci-fi themed. So you're this kid in this town. Your dog goes into this creepy mansion. And there was, like, a, a scientist that lived there and activates a time machine. And you're teleported to this other world. And there's, like, four different worlds inside of it that you go through. And each Damn, world, your dog is different. Art. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Uh, that cover art's pretty bad. Actually. It's so good. Uh, but like the first, the first level, your dog is like a wolf, and then the next one it's a greyhound. I think one time it's a poodle, and then one time it's like a robot dog. And each time it has like different abilities, and you're you know always leveling up and getting, you know, 
new equipment and whatnot. But I remember it was it was so it was so big, um, and everything. Is I I absolutely loved it. So my grandmother did a great job, uh, you know, uh, on purchasing games uh, for me. But like Super Mario RPG was one, and I remember again because it was the first RPG and it had RPG in the name. And I didn't understand for a while why I couldn't just jump on the Goompas and kill them. I had to do this whole other bullshit. And for a while, I was like, yeah, Mario RPG, it stands for really poor gameplay. Um, <laughs> uh, but I kept playing it, uh, and I beat it. And like said, it's such a great game. Like, I, I have such fond memories of it, and the remake is, or remaster is so good. Uh, I like the little tweaks that they've made, the little improvements. Uh, it's great seeing Gino Mallow in HD. It's so hope. weird seeing Gino like, like it's like, oh, that's what Gino's supposed to look like. Gino. Yeah, that's what it looks like when it's more than eight pixels. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Team Mallow. I agree with Jake. Team Mallow. Team Mallow. Yeah, Ma- Mallow is. He's a little frustrating at the beginning. But once you figure out how to play him, you're like, oh, oh. Once, once you get all of his elemental stuff, like the dude is a boss. Yeah. Uh, I love him. Uh, one cool thing that I like about it that they changed is the ability to switch characters out on the fly in the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that um, because there'll be sometimes where like I'll have one person in my party that I didn't mean to. Yeah. And then I get to the round. I'm like, oh sweet, I can switch them out, that's... and then I can still go. Like it's 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 a really nice, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, what is that? Light, like ease ease of play or whatever. Change. Oh yeah, because that re- it really actually sets it apart from other RPGs. Because a lot, yeah, you, you know, you play other RPGs like you have your party. You're stuck with that party when you go into a battle. So. Yeah, and it's I I also love that you can still even when someone's dead, you can also switch switch them out. And when you think about it, it kind of makes more sense because, like, if you have all this group of people, why can't you switch them out? Like, if it's a real situation, like, why wouldn't you switch them out if someone's down? Like, why wouldn't you, like, bring them in to the play? Oh, yeah. I'm hoping maybe if this this sells well enough, because it's such a weird game to remaster all of a sudden after all these years, after nearly 30 years, Mm -hmm. uh, that maybe they're like, you know what? Let's do another one of these. Like, let's do another like direct one. Not a I'd be down Mario. for a sequel to that. Like, usually I'd be like anti sequel, but like, no, I'd be down for a sequel for that one. Yeah, no, I think I think that could be really really cool. Uh, and I'm hoping that we get, I'm hoping we get something out of this other than just the ability to play it again. You know, like throwing Gino or Mallow into Smash Brothers would be fucking dope. Or what if we did a, a RPG game where we have Luigi? He plays Luigi instead of Mario. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be really fun. Have any of you nerds played it? I have not. Nerd. <laughs> I've not. Nerd. I played the good one. Excuse <laughs> me. What's the good one? Thousand Year Door. Yeah, no, no. Mario RPG blows it out of the water. No. I, I you want to know Mario how games. I know it can't blow it out of the water? Because Paper Mario can turn into both an airplane and a fucking boat. Um, do you have he's a prepared. do you have a cloud in your party? Who thinks he's a tadpole? Um, 
Uh, there is a cloud. There's also a ghost with giant boobs. Yeah, do you have a puppet that's come to life and is a star being? No and no again. There, yeah, I, th- I think you got him there. <laughs> do, you, do, you do you have a Goomba that has a ponytail? There is a Goomba that owns a shop that I can purchase things from. We got that, too, over in the Thousand Year Door. Do you have a, a pretty intense boss battle of uh, five characters that are clear ripoffs of the Power Rangers, the Axum Rangers? <laughs> I think so, actually. Oh, oh, also, do you have a big titty lady in the clouds with a dodo bird as a friend? No, because we have a big tittied ghost. Yeah, we got big titty cloud lady. She lives in the clouds. We got a town full of moles. Yeah, Yeah, there is a mole town in Thousand Year Door. Is it Moleville or some other bullshit? Because Moleville's the original. Mm. Are the moles not allowed to spread and prosper across the land? They do. They're allowed to go wherever they want, but they just happen to make a town where they do a lot of digging and shit because they're moles. You know how they are. Well, it's been a great discussion this week, but Shane's not here, so we don't have our life lesson. So Richard Jenkins says he has a life lesson for us. So here's life lessons with Richard Jenkins. So sometimes life can be very difficult for everyone for a variety of reasons. That's not a lesson. That is life. Listen to me. There's more to this, you interrupting bit. <laughs> but as a great poet once said, once said um, you can get knocked down, but you got to get up again. And nothing can ever keep you down. Chubba <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure that was Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> So, everyone, have a whiskey drink, have a lager drink, have a vodka drink, and whatever else drinks they are. I don't know. I haven't listened to this song since I was a teenager. Um, but live, live, live your life the Chumbawamba way. Tub thump your heart, and remember to bring money to the next house. Well, he covered it all. Thank you so much, Mr. Jenkins. Thank you, Mr. Jenkins. Doing my part. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our episode for this week. Until then, what do they need to do, people? Bring money. I already said that. Bring me lots of money. <laughs>